is this a book just titled Tree Frog? And it's another old book that Mimi has found for you. I think you might have trouble finding it to read along. You were going to try to do that. It's from a series called Life Cycle Stories, written by Paul, excuse me, Paul McCutcheon Sears, illustrated by Barbara Latham, published by Holiday House. It is copyrighted 1954, quite a long time ago. The foreword in the book is the part that's written sometimes before a book. It says this book is about the common tree frog, often called a tree toad, because it looks something like a toad. It may be found from the Atlantic seaboard westward to Texas, Kansas, and Minnesota. Tree frogs of one kind or another live in almost every part of the United States. Seldom seen, though often heard and mistaken for birds, tree frogs are more widely distributed than generally people realize. Like other frogs and toads, tree frogs attract their mates by singing and begin life as eggs and then tadpoles in water. But unlike other frogs and toads, most tree frogs have toe discs, which are necessary for climbing. Because the common tree frog can climb and really lives in trees, not all tree frogs do. I chose it as a representative of the various kinds of tree frogs. Its scientific name is Hilla versicolor. That's Latin, of course, but I don't know if I pronounced it right. I'm grateful to Dr. Arthur N. Bragg, professor of zoology at the University of Oklahoma, for reading the manuscript and helping to clear up a number of difficult points about this frog's appearance and behavior. Paul McCutcheon Sears, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And Mimi will say that in my other podcasts, in my other episodes where I talk about sounds, where I have guessed the sound, I'm pretty sure I have some tree frog sounds, but I'm not sure which episode those are in. But sometimes I hear strange noises at the woods, near the woods, that sound like, like he said, like a singing or a bird sort of, but they're not. I think those were tree frogs. So we'll read a little bit here before Mimi heads to bed and I'll pick up again another time. Time to look at the world again. All through the quiet forest, sleeping animals were waiting for spring. They slept under the snowy ground, under the frozen pond, and in other hidden places safe from the frost and from their enemies. One of the smallest sleepers, only two inches long, was a common tree frog. His hidden place was an old squirrel hole inside a hollow elm tree in the forest. He was sleeping under a heap of dead wood and dust from beetle borings. Even in this shelter, Tree Frog was too cold to move. His heart beat one slow beat, and then after a while another beat, just enough to keep him alive. He did not breathe through his nose while he was asleep. His cold body needed only a little air, and he got this through his skin. Wow, if you saw him, you might think he was dead, huh, kids? Mimi probably would. Tree Frog was hibernating. It was his way of spending the winter without having to eat. But winter was nearly over. A warm wind blew through the quiet forest and began to melt the snow and the pond ice. A few spring peepers, tiny relatives of Tree Frog, woke up and splashed in the pond. They peeped in shrill voices, but Tree Frog did not hear them. He was still too cold to move. A few nights later, the pond froze again. The peepers buried themselves in the mud 
to wait for warmer weather. Finally, the pond ice was gone for good. Skunk cabbages showed the first green of spring. At dusk, the peepers began calling again from the pond. Each peeper was only about as big as a quarter, but his call was big enough to sound across the pasture and into the forest, where a tree frog was sleeping. Ee, these tiny tree frogs sang. This time, hundreds of them were calling. They sounded like a lot of squeaky balloons at a fair, all going at once. Tree frog slept on. He was in no hurry. The warm weather brought out the first flies and gnats. Swallows back from the south skimmed across the pond with clicking bills, catching mouthfuls of insects. More of tree frog's relatives woke up. They were the cricket tree frogs at the edge of the pond. They chirped evenly in calls that sounded like sticks rattling along a fence. Now both choruses were singing at the same time, making a great din of sound. The calls did not wake Tree Frog, but at last the warm days did. He crawled out of his hiding place in the elm, holding onto the bark with the round, sticky pads on the ends of his fingers and toes. His rough skin was so dark, it was nearly black. Between his shoulders, a splash of darker color made a star shape. He was almost invisible to his enemies because he looked like a tiny piece of bark on the tree. Still cold and stiff after such a long sleep, he stretched himself in the sunshine. As he did so, a long patch of orange skin showed on the inside of each leg. Now his heart was beating faster. When the sun had warmed him, he crawled straight up the tree trunk, holding on with his sticky finger and toe pads. He blinked his huge round eyes and turned to look for food. Right in front of Tree Frog, a spider sat in the middle of her web without moving. She was looking for food too. He could have caught her easily, but because the spider sat still, he didn't know she was there. Then another spider came crawling down a limb. Tree Frog saw her and hopped to meet her. He shot out his long, sticky tongue, caught her on the end of it, and pulled her quickly into his mouth. He crawled on into a crotch of the tree where he sat among the lichens. Here, too, he was almost invisible because his loose, patterned skin looked like a gray and brown lichen. Hiding there, he waited for nightfall when he would be in less danger from birds and snakes while he hunted for food. Voices in the Night One evening, Tree Frog hopped across the forest floor jumping to catch insects that flew or walked near him. From the pond, he heard the call of pe- the calling of peepers, eep, 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 and the cricket frogs, eek, 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 eek. The chorus was smaller now than it had been in early spring. Tree frog paid no attention as he climbed trees and bushes to find other insects. Then he heard a new call, loud and sudden, a loud and sudden trill from a nearby tree. It sounds something like the chattering of an alarmed squirrel, but it was the voice of another male tree frog like himself. Again, the voice suddenly trilled out of the darkness. Tree frog called back in the same loud trill. To make his voice so loud, he breathed in deeply and forced air from his lungs through openings in the bottom of his mouth. The air filled the loose, dark skin under his chin and blew it out into a round bubble so big it nearly hid his creamy colored belly. The bubble 
made his voice louder, the same way that the sound box of a fiddle enlarges the sound of the strings. A fiddle means a violin, remember, kids? He kept his mouth closed as the sound swelled. Eh, 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 eh. Tree Frog trilled a dozen times quickly. I think that's what Mimi has been hearing near the woods. I'll have to go back and see if I can hear it again. The bubble trembled each time and his body shook with the effort of making the sound while his finger and toe pads held tightly to the bark. When he finished calling, the air left the bubble and the skin hung loosely under his chin. The forest was quiet. At a whippoorwill cry from the pasture, the pond was also was quiet also for a moment. Then the chorus began again. A second tree frog called from another tree and a third. Eh, 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 Tree frog answered. So did the other tree frogs. An owl hooted and they became silent. Then tree frog hopped farther along in his part of the, his part of the forest hunting for food again. One afternoon, when big raindrops splashed on his warty skin, Tree Frog called several times. From trees all through the forest, other male free tree frogs answered. The rain soaked the forest and the pasture and ran into the pond. That night, many of these males hopped through the warm, wet forest, looking for pools of water to which, to which they could call mates. Some found the pond. From there, they trilled loudly, more and more often. Although some cricket frogs and spring peepers were still singing at the pond, most of the voices in the chorus were those of these common tree frogs. More and more males arrived from the forest and added their loud trilling. The chorus grew louder and louder. Away in the forest, tree frog heard it. He too was ready to find a mate. He began hopping toward the pond. Danger on the way. By his short hops, tree frog traveled along under the trees in the rain out of his hunting grounds he stopped from time to time to call and to rest then he hopped on toward the pond chorus nearby in the darkness he heard other tree frogs hopping and calling he hopped all night out of the forest across the pasture toward the pond voices but in the morning when the rain stopped and the sun came up the voices became silent tree frog no longer knew which way to hop he climbed onto a wall at the edge of the pasture and rested on moss-covered stone. As the sun dried him, his color changed to a bright green. His star nearly disappeared. Remember the star marking? He looked like a bit of the green moss, and he sparkled in the sunlight. That afternoon, rain clouds covered the sun. As the first drops began to fall, tree frog's skin slowly changed to dark gray, and the star came back between his shoulders. He looked like the wet stones of the wall. The rain made the frogs at the pond sing again. Now a tree frog knew where to hop. He started along the stone wall toward the pond. Another tree frog was hopping that way too. Ahead, tree frog saw something to eat. It looked like a wriggly yellow worm, fat and twisty on the wall. He wanted it, but the other frog had seen the worm first and hopped close to it. The other frog started to eat the worm, but that was a terrible mistake. The worm wasn't a worm at all. It was a young copperhead snake. It held the twisted yellow tip of its tail up, and to the frog, to the frogs, that looked like a tasty worm. Uh-oh, it tricked the frogs, didn't it? The snake bit the other frog, and the frog opened his mouth, mouth and cried shrilly. Tree frog jumped in fright at this sharp danger cry and hopped off the wall. 
It took the bitten frog a long time to die. Then the young snake ate him. By the time tree frog was gone, hopping by that time tree frog was gone, hopping toward the pond calls again. So he escaped a young copperhead. The pond chorus. By nightfall, tree frog reached the pond. He crawled out on a branch above the water. All around him, the blow up, blown up throat bubbles of hundreds and hundreds of tree frogs swelled and shook as they called the females. Tree frog began calling too, louder and longer than he ever had in the forest. <laughs> the frogs filled the night with a great chorus of hundreds and hundreds of voices. Their strong calls chattered one into the other without stopping. The fast, high squeaking of the peepers pierced this mighty chorus, and the low, even chirping of the cricket frogs beat an even rhythm across the other sounds. The common tree frog females in the forest heard the chorus of their males. They did not answer, but began hopping toward the pond. Tree frog sang out from his branch. Mimi will have to put a real recording of a tree frog on here because I'm pretty sure I don't do it just like them, huh? A female crawled out on the branch toward the sound of his voice. She was lighter in color and larger than he, but part of her size was due to the hundreds of eggs inside her. Tree frog kept calling until she came up to him, then he scrambled on her back and held tightly to her fat body. They dropped into the water together. There she laid a batch of tiny brown and cream-colored eggs. Tree frog spread a pale liquid on them from his vent. His mate swam a few strokes and laid another batch of eggs. Tree frog spread liquid on these too. By morning, his mate had laid over a thousand eggs in batches of about 30 to 40. Her body was empty and their mating was over. Both frogs went back into the forest. They never knew what happened to the eggs after that. This section is titled, What Happened to One Egg? When the sun came up, it shone on little clumps of tree frog eggs floating all over the shallow part of the pond. Striders ran on long, thin legs across the quiet water past the eggs. Mosquitoes buzzed above them and swallows skimmed past. Mayflies dipped lightly down. No loud chorus of frog voices broke the morning stillness of the pond. Out in the deep water, a sunfish jumped with a splash to catch a mayfly that lingered on the surface. One clump of frog eggs drifted slowly to the deep part of the pond, in a few minutes, the fish had eaten every egg. In the shallow part of the pond, one batch of eggs laid by tree frog's mate floated among some marsh grass near the bank. Dead leaves and pond scum floated over them and hid them. The, the eggs were held together in a loose mass of tough jelly, which also hid them. But the leaves and the jelly could not hide the eggs from all their enemies. Through the shallow water, some leeches came slithering, black and thin as ribbons, and hungry for frog eggs, they broke through the jelly and ate many of the eggs. The liquid that tree frog had spread on the eggs contained sperms. Each sperm was a tiny cell, many times smaller than one of the eggs. Whenever a swimming sperm found an egg, it bored inside and became part of the egg. This started it to develop into a tadpole. In this way, the sperm fertilized the egg. The sperm cells did not reach a few of the eggs, and these did not develop. The warm sunshine fell on one of the fertilized eggs and it helped it to develop. The tiny egg within its covering was at first a single cell, but that same morning the cell divided in two. A few hours later, the two cells divided again, and so there were four. 
they kept dividing into more and more cells. <coughs> Excuse me. Some of the cells that formed a head, some of the cells formed a head with a place where the mouth would be. Others formed a body with a heart inside. The egg had become an embryo. It was still hidden in the mass of jelly. The embryo got its food from the yolk of the egg. On the third day, with the warm sun shining down, the embryo's heart began to beat. The third day, wow. On the sixth day, the embryo's tiny brown body doubled up and twisted strongly. She kept pushing her head against the inside of the egg covering, which grew thinner and thinner until it broke. The embryo twisted and wriggled until she got out of the covering and out of the jelly. Now that she was hatched, she was called a larva. As soon as the larva was free, she swam to the shelter of the water plants. She could not swim fast, for, and she had no parents to, around to protect her, but the plants hid her from the hungry enemies. The larva's tail grew so that she could swim well enough to find food. Her mouth grew so that she could eat the slime off the water plants. Gills grew out from each side of her head to take oxygen from the water. When she could swim and eat and breathe like this, she looked like a fish with her long, finny tail and her fat, golden body. She had become a, do you know what it is, kids? Tadpole. The shallow water was teeming with tadpoles of cricket frogs, of peepers, and many other frogs. They were all sizes, from tiny tadpoles just learning to swim to big tadpoles nearly ready to leave the pond. The tree frog tadpole ate and grew. In 12 days, tiny buds appeared where her legs would be. When the legs grew longer, she kicked them to help her swim. She needed them, for in the pond were great water boatman bugs and newts and crayfish and other animals, all looking for tadpoles to eat. The only way she could escape from them was to swim away. One day, she swam too near the cattail bed. A huge hungry bullfrog waited there for food. He dived at her, but she darted behind the cattail stems and hid on the bottom of the pond. A salamander down there reached out and caught her by one leg. The frightened tadpole twisted and pulled to get away. And the salamander bit off her leg. She swam frantically back to the safety among the marsh grass. When the stump of the leg healed over, a new leg began to grow from it. First a knee grew, and then a foot, and finally toes with round pads on their tips. Isn't that amazing, kids? That's just Mimi's commentary, but isn't that amazing what God does? How can she grow a new leg? That's so incredible. One day, while the new leg was still growing, the tadpole's right arm poked through the skin on the side of her body. A few hours later, the left arm poked through. When her lungs had grown ready for breathing air, she came to the surface once in a while to try breathing. In two months, her new leg was fully grown. Her long tail had turned red and waved beautifully in the water. She came to the surface more often, more and more often, to breathe air. Now the changes happened fast. The tadpole's tail began to shrink. Her mouth changed from the slime scraper of a tadpole to the wide insect catcher of a tree frog. Her gills disappeared. A long, sticky tongue grew inside her mouth. Finally, her tail became so short and stubby that it would not be in the way on land. The tadpole had turned into a tiny green frog. She crawled out on the muddy bank of the pond into the sunlight. Hop, jump, and climb. She was no bigger than a dime, but she could hop like a regular frog. In fact, she was a young tree frog. Although she was female, she looked very much 
like Tree Frog himself. Her big eyes blinked eagerly at every movement along the bank of the pond that might mean something to eat. She saw a beetle crawling across a tree root. Her toes trembled, ready to jump, but she didn't jump. The beetle was too big. A green bottle fly buzzed past, but even it was too big. The tiny frog hopped into the shady forest and left the sunny pond behind. She saw a cloud of gnats hovering in the air just above her head. This time, she did jump. In the middle of the jump, she opened her mouth and shot out her long, sticky tongue and caught one of the gnats. At the end of the jump, her sticky fingers caught a branch of a low bush. She held onto the branch like a tiny acrobat and hung there while she gulped down the gnat. That's the picture Mimi will put on the, the thumbnail for this podcast. Then she pulled herself up and sat on the branch, holding on with the sticky pads at the ends of her fingers and toes, just as Tree Frog did. She was still hungry. One gnat didn't begin to fill her up. She caught more climbing among the lower branches of the trees where the gnats circled about. Higher up, they would have blown away in the strong breeze. That afternoon, she found a cool, damp hollow in a stump. There she hid until dusk her green skin invisible among the green mosses and the soft light sifting through the ferns. From now on, the forest would become would be her home, a safer one than the pond had been. Climbing up. One evening, when the frogs were calling from tree to tree, young tree frog hunted among the lower branches of a small tree. A peeper was also hunting there. He had left the pond, for his mating was over. Young tree frog left him below and climbed on up her big eyes watching in the dim light for moving forms that meant food. She saw, a line, she saw a line humping along a branch. It was a caterpillar and made a good mouthful. She swallowed it and looked about for more. That confused Mimi. I was trying to figure out what a line humping along a branch meant. <laughs> but they told us in the next sentence, didn't they? It was a caterpillar. Beyond on a branch, she saw a crawling bug. It was even bigger than the caterpillar. Her eyes blinked hungrily, and her toes twitched excitedly. She hopped onto the branch and shot her sticky tongue out and pulled the bug into her mouth. She tried to push the bug down with her fingers, but it wouldn't go. So she shut her big eyes and squeezed them down onto the roof of her mouth to help hold the bug. As she strained to swallow, her whole body shook. But that... But the bug was big. Not only that, it began to taste bad. It was a stink bug. She opened her mouth and moved her eyes back to the top of her head. She scratched the stink bug out of her mouth with her hand. The bug crawled away. <laughs> Young tree frog sat on the branch for a while. From, far, from the far off pond came a bullfrog's croaking. Then high above her in the tree, a startling trill rang out. Young tree frog gave no sign that she heard. She would have to spend two years in the forest before she would be grown up, grown enough to follow the calls of males. Digging down. In the hot, dry afternoons of late summer, young tree frog dug into the ground until she was nearly covered with the cool, damp earth. Her skin was a light, silvery gray color on these dry days. In the cool of the evening, she dug out again and hunted for food. Very few voices called from the pond. The cricket tree frogs, who did not climb, still lived there, but only a few of them chirped now. Once in a while, a bullfrog croaked. The common tree frogs and the peepers had left the pond. One afternoon, a thunderstorm broke the dry spell. 
Late that day, when the forest was dripping wet, a young tree frog was very dark and dull-colored. Her skin began to split across one warty knee. She looked down at it. As the, as the skin split a little more, she took the torn edge in her mouth and began to tug. She stretched and twisted from side to side, pulling the old skin off. She puffed up her body with big breaths of air and arched her legs and pointed her nose down to stretch the skin. It split and peeled a little more. She began to eat the old skin. As it came loose, she rubbed her feet over her back, pushing the old skin toward her mouth. She rubbed her hands over her head and face until a big piece of the old skin came off. Then she finished eating it. Do you peel your skin off, kids, and eat it up? No, we don't do that, do we? Her new skin was gray and green, and it glistened brightly. This was the fourth time she had shed her skin while she was growing, and this fourth skin was the biggest. It would have to last her all winter. It was like she got a new coat, didn't she, children? Soon, chilly winds would blow the first fall leaves off the trees. Then she would dig into the earth again, down through the crisp, new-fallen leaves, down through the rich, rotten mold of the old leaves, down far enough to be hidden from the from frost. There her heartbeat would slow, her heart would beat one slow beat, and after a while another beat, just enough to keep her alive. There she would sleep until the warm days of spring woke her. That's the end of our book, but there is one, there are two pages of how to have a tree frog for a pet that I'll read to you. <clears throat> you might not be allowed, but you might, and some places don't have tree frogs. I never really knew about tree frogs until I moved to Pennsylvania. I don't think there are tree frogs in Kansas, but I'll have to look that up. How to have a tree frog for a pet. A good time to find common tree frogs is during the warmer part of spring, late in the afternoon after a good rain. Look in gardens, on grape arbors, along mossy stone walls, and especially in orchards. If you can chase one steadily for a short distance across a field or in the woods, it will become tired after several jumps and it will be easier to catch. But catch it carefully. It can't hurt you, but you may hurt it if you grab too hard. Another time, good time to find tree frogs, not only the common tree frog but other kinds as well, is when they are calling at a pond or marsh after dark. Use a flashlight. When you put the light on one of them, it will just sit there and let you pick it up. Do this gently. You can keep your tree frog for a few days in a wide-mouthed glass jar with some water in the bottom. Put a small drinking glass upside down on the bottom of the jar to give it a place to sit above the water. Punch plenty of air holes in the jar lid. Give it food that is alive and moving. Catch flies alive if, alive if you can or find small caterpillars and worms. If you want to keep your tree frog for a longer time, it should have a big glass aquarium to live in. Then to save yourself the work of always capturing food, you can buy some mealworms at a pet store. With some of these, you can start, excuse me, with some of these, you can start in raising your own mealworms in a coffee can with some bran about two or three inches deep. Keep the bran moist, but not soggy. Add pieces of apple or raw potato every few days. Cover the bran with a cloth. Sift out the worms when you want to feed your frog. Be sure to punch breathing holes in the lid of the can. If you wish to raise tree frogs from eggs, look for the eggs in a pond at springtime. A tree frog that is about ready to hatch will be brown or gray or grayish brown. Ordinary toad and frog eggs are black at this time. Dip a 
pail gently in the water and let a few eggs float in. Do not put a lid on the pail for the eggs will need air. Gently pour this water containing the eggs into an aquarium that has, has in it some pond water and green water plants. If you have to add water, be sure it is pond water or rain water. Tap water may kill the eggs and tadpoles. The green plants will provide food for the tadpoles. When the tadpoles are ready to turn into frogs, they will need a place to crawl up and get out of the water. So the best aquarium for frogs will have some, quote, land as well as water. Perhaps you can find a mossy rock or a mossy branch that will stick out of the water and make the aquarium a bit more homelike for your new pets. That's the end of our book called Tree Frog. And thank you for joining Mimi for another nice old book. We just love these old stories, don't we? This one was called Tree Frog, and it was written by Paul McCutcheon Sears, illustrated by Barbara Latham, and published by Holiday House in 1954. A good, how many years? Let's see if Mimi can do the math. 15 years before Mimi was even born. Very nice. I like this book. Thanks for joining me.